0: when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, Kaylin, it's Joe.
1: Hey, Joe, how you doing?
0: Good. You can hear me? I can. Good, I can hear you good. Sweet. Where are you?
1: I'm in landers california which is hmm. near joshua tree
0: are you just visiting or are you working or are you uh living
1: i'm working living visiting all those things actually um yeah i have a cool community out here but i was just out finishing a another music video for this album mm-hmm. so i'm on a quick turnaround and i decided to stay to get the edit done so i'm in that portal at the moment
0: that's nice. Good place to work, I assume.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's very, the desert is an interesting vortex, you know, mm-hmm. it's very exposing and has a lot of intense energy, but it's super beautiful. And it's been an amazing place to be around quarantine because of all of the outdoor space and, you know, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. How are you doing with quarantine?
1: You know, I'm good. I, I have to say that My life, unless I'm on tour or, or on a film set is not much different to quarantine. And maybe a lot of freelance artists could relate, but, um, obviously there's shifts and changes and more to be aware of, but it's strangely been fairly comfortable for me, which is, you know, a privileged space to be in, but I don't mind spending time alone inside or outside.
0: How's your family doing?
1: They're good. Um, we're all a bit spread out, actually. My, my folks are in BC. Um, I'm from Canada. My hometown, Fernie, is where my my mom is. And my dad was just on Vancouver Island uh, doing a sailing course, I think. And one of my sisters is in Toronto and the other in Halifax, but actually she's in my hometown visiting my parents now. So, And I'm in California. So we're all over the place, but I think everyone's good. My dad and sister both have pretty severe asthma. So, you know, just I was most aware of the pandemic because of them, I think, but Mm -hmm. I haven't been around them. So I think they're good. They're safe. Grateful for that.
0: Yeah. My father in law has a um, pretty severe lung issue. I mean, it's normally fine, but if he got sick, it would be. Very, very serious. Mm -hmm. So I know that extra carefulness.
1: Yeah, it's been wild. And I think just so different for everyone, you know, depending on your family situation, where you live, socioeconomic status. I think it's really illuminated a lot of the uh, imbalance we have in our world, you know.
0: Definitely. Have you been at or around any of the BLM or social injustice protests or marches?
1: I have, yeah. been really active in L.A. actually and I'm super grateful to be in the States um, during this time. Canada, you know, Canadians are known for very, being very polite and mm-hmm. we will take to the streets, you know, but it seems that there will be one march for missing and mi- murdered Indigenous women and then one for you know the women's march and maybe one for a pipeline but the sort of civil uprising is not the same historically as the state so i've i've been really just kind of blown away to be here and be a part of it um was at a lot of protests in los angeles and there's just such a variety of communities showing up um you know separately and together i was sort of at everything from the Compton Peace Ride to the Buddhist for Black Lives Matter March to the Hollywood Pride. Yeah, it's been really amazing to to just be in it, and it's definitely sparked a different momentum in myself to be really looking at myself as a white woman, an um, right. American woman. So, yeah, I've been really just blown away and grateful and humbled and, you know disturbed by it all for sure.
0: Right. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, has there been anything that's surprised you in your behavior or someone else's behavior that's that's come out or is coming out of this movement, this great movement?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I sort of see it as a chapter of a movement that's been happening for a long time. And, you know, just given The speed in which information can travel now, which I think we're obviously seeing COVID-19 erupting into this, you know, known pandemic around the world in such an instant where, you know, we had SARS in 2002 and it was a similar virus, but it was just the news traveled so differently at that time. And so I guess what's been most shocking to me is just, or surprising, I guess, is just the level of awareness That's been able to Mm -hmm. come from it. And just over the years, you know, how maybe for the first time ever, we've got these these movements and matters that, you know, everyone around the world is marching for, walking for, speaking out on at the same time, which I don't think we've experienced a lot. And I think for me, what's been most like beautiful and again, unnerving is um, just how much I've learned in the last couple of months about you know my experience as benefiting under white supremacy and white privilege my whole life and what that really means and you know again being in the states and sort of being subjected to so much information you really then have to make a choice once you know you either ignore it and become ap- apathetic or you step in and go I care and I've always said that I've cared but I haven't understood really what it means to to do the work. Allyship, for example, like what does it really mean to be an ally? And for me, I always considered myself one, but as I've actually stepped into you know, really learning what that means and reading and watching and having conversations and being at the protests, I've realized that I was greatly misinformed because I've been raised and educated and um, conditioned under a disease system. And so my, my intentions, though good and though, you know, seemingly in a good space is not enough because my intentions alone can be racist or prejudice or set under these sort of stereotypes that we've been conditioned to, to exist under. And so that's been the biggest thing is really having to go inward and sit with that discomfort and go, wow, I really, I really had no idea. And so therefore I've just started to feel completely different in my own skin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, same with me. I mean, exactly what you said, except you, you put it a lot more eloquently, but the, the limit of our intentions is something I've been thinking about lately. You know, yeah, it's kind of like, to sound stupid, it's like more rock, less talk. <laughs> to yeah. break it down, you know, we need yeah. a little more rock and less talk.
1: Yeah, Leila Saad, her book, Me and White Supremacy, has been, you know, sort of my go-to. I don't know if saying Bible is the right thing, but that's the first piece of literature I stepped into, and it's also a workbook with journaling prompts and that's what just kind of every step of the way like shocked me into realizing that <laughs> you know my conditioning is is so actually a perfect example of white supremacy and especially you know like white fragility and feeling like oh I'm a good person and you know I I have family members and friends in this community and just feeling so tender by the fact that maybe you've offended someone or you've you know But I I think I've learned that like that anger is a really important emotion that's really looks, allows us to look inward and say like something isn't right here. And I think I've allowed myself to just be really angry and allow that to fuel, um, you know, I believe in equanimity and grace and peace and all those things, too. But it's really just allowed me to, to wake up every day and say, like, I have a responsibility to unlearn everything I've learned. And I, you know, I have very liberal parents, very... Kind household we grew up in, but I started an email thread with them to talk about this stuff to really like bring into our immediate family like our our having benefited from white supremacy our whole lives and what that means and how we can learn to dismantle those systems and you know you can start with yourself and with your immediate family and you know I don't have kids yet but you hope to be able to just kind of you know, end the cycle of family trauma, which I think is globally what our issue is on this matter. And we need to be responsible for, like, cleansing generations to come of of these disease belief systems. And there's what I think has been so amazing about this chapter of this movement, given social media and given that, you know, we can watch and listen to so much information every day that, you know, there's people like Jenea Khan, Brandon Good, Sonya Renee Taylor, Tamika Mallory, Sean King, you know, they're very present Mm -hmm. on social media and they've been, you know, my daily teachers. There's really no excuse for, you know, white folks to not be paying attention right now. And I think that the most important thing to do is just really step back and listen.
0: For me, Sean King is, he makes it easy for me to look inward. He makes it easy for me to look outward on this whole situation.
1: Nice. Yeah. Him and, and Tamika are really amazing resources yeah. for keeping up with the news, especially. It's, I find them to be amazing resources. It's really just so mind blowing that you can open up Instagram and like educate yourself that much. I it's know. been a really, really incredible. I know. You know, that, that app is its own thing that I have feelings of, you know, just I being know. an artist. Oh, but, but in this time, it's been, yeah, really quite resourceful, actually.
0: So outside of the news, have you been reading or watching anything?
1: Yeah, yeah. I try to. I try to keep up just because I work in film. I try to keep up with things. I just. Have you seen? Um, I know this much is true yet on HBO. No. It's a uh, about two twin brothers. One that's um, one that has paranoid schizophrenia, and they grow up in their small town. I'm totally. Is that Ruffalo? Yes, Mark Ruffalo. Thank you. Uh anyway, he plays both the brothers and it's phenomenal. Katherine Hahn's in it. And oh my gosh. Yeah, I love Katherine um, Hahn too. It's just so fucking good. It's the kind of television I want to be making, and it's uh just a phenomenal show. And yeah, I mean I've I've definitely been watching documentaries on you know black history and police brutality. Uh, LA 92 is on Netflix and That was really amazing to watch a couple months ago as the protests were starting, um, because it was kind of, I mean, obviously it got really brutal in 1992, didn't get quite that bad this time around, thankfully. But, um, that was really incredible to watch. Just kind of feeling like, wow, this stuff is cyclical until it gets handled, you know? And it just shows us that there is not, there has not been resolution, and actually, Jenea Khan talks about that, how we need a revolution, not like a resolution, you know. I started reading uh, Murakami for the first time. I started reading Kafka on the Shore, and I hadn't read any of his books before. And I'm just, it's yeah. such a delight. And it's very filmic. It's the kind of films I also like to watch. And so it's its just beautiful. I've been in this sort of like seven-year cycle of reading a lot of like spiritual texts and self-help books and stuff like that and so it's Uh been a huge such a nice relief for a change to go into that world and you know step into a different hemisphere of the brain for sure
0: um have you had shows or touring canceled this year
1: um i was in tel aviv from january to march uh shooting a new show for netflix called hit and run Mm. And we had been shooting since October 2019 in New York and then moved out to Israel for a few months. And we were like three or four weeks out from wrapping the first season and COVID hit and we got shipped out of there really quickly. So that has been put on pause. And luckily, we were deep enough into it that, um, you know, we knew we had to go back and finish. So I just sort of received news that we might be able to go back in November Mm-hmm. Um. after probably being locked in a hotel room for a couple of weeks, which I'm really nervous about. But yeah, that, that's been the main thing. As far as touring goes with Amara, I didn't have any tour dates planned or shows planned just because of this show I was shooting. So I had plans to put out this record and was hoping to make a bunch of videos, and that actually kind of became possible with this quarantine. So Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I love the record. I want to play Gone. I think it's it's my favorite one so far on the record. That's the one I've been going back to.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: Yeah. All right, let's play it. Here it goes. Okay. This record?
1: Actually, like a year ago now, I went back to Calgary to work with my very dear friend and old bandmate, Brock Geiger. I just, I really wanted to work with him. We had done a, a Radiohead cover um, a few years prior. It's funny because we'd, you know, been touring together for four years, but hadn't done much collaboration outside of studio spaces for that band. And so I just said, you know, I think we should just go in and he has a bedroom studio and we're both kind of very DIY in our approach to the things we do. so I just trusted that we could step in and do something. I had no idea if we were going to make like an ambient record because I've been really into that kind of stuff lately and just kind of found a really quick flow um, just stepped in in the morning and I would just see if a song came on the guitar or piano and and it it did. It kind of just uh-huh. happened that way over the course of 10 days, and we got six songs in the bag. And I, we were going to do another week and try and put another four or five songs down, and then I had to leave for, for work. So yeah, it was it was really cool, really cool experience. I think telepathic communication is very real in creative spaces sometimes where it just locks in and it's so easy to move. But it was just a really, really beautiful, really beautiful experience.
0: Nice. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you say you've been into ambient music. Have you been listening to anything on repeat in the last week? It doesn't have to be ambient music. It just made me think of that.
1: Oh man, I could give you like the the a very long list of ambient records you should definitely be listening to if you don't already. Um, one I, I it's kind of just been my immediate wake up record is um, it just came out this year actually called Stasis Sounds for Long Distance Space Travel. And uh, artist called thir- Thirty Six and and another artist Sake made it. Um, I'm really into Chihei Hitakayama and Brambles and Grouper, Juliana Barwick, Yancey and Alex. They're all sort of my faves that I listen to pretty consistently. And I've I've been revisiting like all of my favorite sort of art rock, dark shoegaze bands like. Ariel Pink and Dirty Beaches and Lower Dens and, um, uh, Bowery Electric and all those sweet bands. Yeah. And I'm from, I sort of started playing music in Calgary and, um, uh, this band called Women, Public Strain and, and Women, the self-titled record. Uh, they're just such incredible albums and I've, I listened to them pretty consistently, but I've been revisiting them a lot.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah have you ever listened to um have you ever listened to beak b e a k no oh my god you've gotta to listen to beak
1: cool what kind of what kind of music is beak
0: it's it's can be ambient um it can be ambient kraut rock oh right created, <laughs> created by jeff Barrow um that sounds yeah, kind of
1: incredible It's incredible.
0: They're great live.
1: So like Noi kind of?
0: Yeah, a little bit. They get into some Noi stuff. Yeah.
1: Super into that.
0: It's just good. It's hard for me to give any specific description because it just has a a blanket of goodness.
1: Do you know uh, an artist called Yves Jarvis? He's in Montreal. He's a a young Canadian kid. Um, I think he's just a a transmitter, you know, Mm -hmm. of... I, I think he's, yeah, he's just one of those people you can tell he's just a channel. who will just drop in, and you know.
0: All right. I'll check yeah. it. I got one more question for you. Okay. Do you have any advice for people to get through their day during all this? Or what do you do to get through the day?
1: Well, uh, I guess I could try and speak on both things. I mean, I don't know about advice really, but I I think something I've, I was reflecting on recently was, you know, this whole pandemic and quarantine, you know, lasting way longer than we thought it was going to. It's been really terrifying for people, just this whole idea of unknown and what's going to happen. And I realized like we've never known what's going to happen next. We've never had an idea of what even tomorrow is going to look like. And, and we were so busy and moving so fast and, lacking such presence in our lives that I think we didn't realize that that's kind of the nature of things is impermanence and change. And that's all that we can really rely on. And so to perhaps, as one of my teachers has said, um, you know, if you change the way you look at the situation, the situation will change. And obviously there's, it's really scary given, you know, our monetary-based economy and the fact that we can't take A couple weeks break from that uh, without everything crashing to the ground and people rely on that to eat and to uh, survive and so I speak in a space if I can separate the realities of some of those things into you know in a more spiritual realm like just to to really try and look at at this as though it's the same as it's always been and maybe it's a gift that a lot of us have had an opportunity to slow down And to, you know, I think for some people, and maybe you mentioned you had a little one, like raise their kids for the first time in generations or like sleep in for the first time in generations, take time off work. You know, there's so many families that have worked the nine to five for decades and never taken a break. And so I hope, yeah, I think if anything, just trying to shift perspective and terms of, oh, this is so scary. I have no idea what's going to happen. What's the new normal, blah, blah, blah. It's the same as it's always been. You know, we have no idea what things are going to look like. And now more than ever, I think we're given the opportunity to take a step back and go, okay, what's important to me? What do I believe in? Is the life I'm living the life I want to live? If there's an opportunity to change, can I do that and how? And so I guess that, you know, and yeah, yeah, and I think for me, it's just trying to stay active, trying to breathe fresh air, trying to connect with nature, you know, in a in a deeper way and, and uh, just breathe. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
0: Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on.
0: All right. Well, I'll let you go. And thanks again.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.